I want to say, I'm sorry if I get a little bit fired up and a little bit excited. I want to preach today. Is that all right, church? I want to preach today. There's, there's two camps of people when someone starts preaching. There's either the camp that says, I love it when you get fired up, and there's the other camp that says, calm down. So wherever you fit in the mix today, be blessed. Well, I'm excited to have you here and, and uh, be able to preach this morning. And uh, so good to have you, Pastor Luke and Marilyn, here with us uh, as well. Senior pastors, just absolute legends. I love them so much. I want to read today from the book of Acts chapter number six. It's a passage that God spoke to me about um, as I was just reading the Word a number of weeks ago. And I want to share some thoughts with it, uh, from it with you. It comes from the book of Acts chapter number six, and it's all about a guy named Stephen. Now, he's... I like that name. It's like, it's a good name, right? We started like, amen, service is over. Go home. It's a good name. The Stephen, and Stephen's spelt the right way. Stephen with a P-H. Almost Stephen with a P-H, brothers in the house. You're blessed of the Lord because your name is in the Bible. Almost Stephen with a V, people. We're expecting the Lord for breakthrough over your life. Okay, so <laughs> Acts chapter number six, starting in verse number one, we see this is the early church. This is like the days when the, the gospel is blowing up and Jesus has released his church to go into all the world and it, things are happening, incredible things going on. This is what happens. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint against the Hellenists, the Hellenists just simply means the Greek people, arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, is, is it not right, sorry, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables? Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, mm -mm -mm, a man full of faith, yes, indeed, and the Holy Spirit, come on. And Philip and a few other names that look like Pocahontas, Nick Nor, Timon, Pumbaa, and St. Nicholas. And they set before them the apostles, and they prayed and laid hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. What is happening in this moment is that the church is exploding. The church is blowing up. I mean, people are getting saved. People are getting filled with the Spirit. People are getting baptized. Many are being added to the number daily to those who are uh, of the family of God, of the church. And, and I don't know, it sounds, it's a little bit familiar. I kind of like that what we're seeing today in our church is kind of a little bit similar to what they saw back then. When we're seeing so many, we're seeing people getting saved in this church like we've never seen before. We're seeing people get baptized like week after week, people are getting baptized in this church. God is moving, God is alive. In the last month alone, 101 people have said yes to following Jesus in our Sunday services. God's doing something, it's blowing up, it's exciting, it's cool. We're kind of right in the midst of God doing something and it's, it's an amazing thing to be a part of. And so what happens is some people within the group are being neglected, uh, not being cared for as they hoped they would. And so they choose seven men to uh, distribute, look after the administration of the distribu distribution of food. I said that really well. It's a holy calling. Th these guys, they, they look, didn't look for just normal men. They looked for men full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And they, they, it was a holy calling to administrate the distribution of food to a group of people. And, then, and it says, Stephen, full of grace and the Holy Spirit and power, was doing great wonders and signs amongst the people. And then what happens is, is um, this group of religious people get kind of upset about this whole thing. And they start to make false accusation against Stephen. You can read it in your notes, but I'll tell you just for the sake of time. 
they, they gather some people and say, hey, make some false accusations about these guys because we don't like what they're doing and we want to stop them. And so false witnesses come and they give false testimony against Stephen saying he's doing all kinds of things and he's doing all kinds of wrong and he's blaspheming this and blaspheming that and doing this. They bring him before this council of people and uh, what Stephen does in this moment in, in the face of opposition, in the face of false witness and false testimony where people are saying all kinds of stuff about him that aren't true, he just goes off, he kicks into a speech. And, and he, he like, it's the speech to end all speeches. It's a phenomenal speech. What he does is he basically, off the top of his head, he doesn't open a Bible, he just off the top of his head gives the Old Testament historical narrative of, of, of the people of Israel, and he goes through the story, and the, his whole point in the story is pointing them towards Jesus. That's what he's doing. The whole thing is a big setup story pointing them towards Jesus, and in the process, out, like exposing to the people that are accusing him their own hypocrisy and the condition of their own heart. It's crazy. And so they get upset. And the Bible says that they get so infuriated that they block their ears and they grind their teeth. Like, I don't know if you've been angry before, but I've never met someone so angry they grind their teeth. Like, that's a whole nother level of angry. So they, 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 you know, they just, someone's like, I'm so angry. Like, and, and they grab him and they, and they rush him. They take him out of town and they take him outside and, and they, sto- they begin to stone him. They begin to throw rocks at him until he is dead. And, and, the, and, and the Bible says that he looks up to heaven. Stephen looks up to heaven and he sees the heavens open. He sees the Son of God, Jesus, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And then he, it says this. It says, and they, as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling on his knees, he cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he'd said this, he fell asleep. That doesn't mean he took a nap. He died, just for, for clarity's sake. If you know, it's like, oh, it's an interesting time to take a nap when people are throwing rocks at you. No, he died. I love this passage. I love, I love what the truths and, and, and the, the, the heart of Stephen. And I wanna just pull out a few things that I love about Stephen from this passage. Are you ready? Take notes. Number one, Stephen served and made a difference. That's what I love about him. He served God and he made a difference with his life. See, what happens is Stephen, at one point in time, he's just a part of the crowd. He's just a part of the crowd. He's a part of the crowd of people that are all around and the disciples are doing what they're doing, the apostles are doing what they're doing, but he's just part of the crowd. But listen, he doesn't stay as part of the crowd. He moves from part of the, being the crowd to being the called. He moves from being the crowd to being the chosen. He moves from a consumer to a contributor. Stephen steps into the greater purpose that is on his life. He may have become a food distributor, and you you may think, oh, that's nothing special. Let me tell you, it was a holy calling. It was a calling he needed to be gifted for. He was gifted to administrate. He was gifted to help. He was full of power. He was full of the Holy Spirit, and Stephen stepped into the greater calling for his life. Can I tell you today, church, God's call for you is not just to be one of the crowd. God never ordained. God never destined. God never created you just to stay as one of the crowd. He didn't make you to be a pew warmer. He didn't make you to be an oxygen consumer. He made you because He's got a call on your life. He didn't didn't call you to be a crowd member. He called you to be a chosen. He called you to be a contributor. He called you because you're called. And there's a gift on your life, friend. That's good news for somebody today. 
There's a gift on your life. I believe this with all my heart, that God has made you for a purpose. There's a gift on your life. And Stephen discovered the gift and the call on his life. And he shifted from being just part of the crowd to being one of the called. And you, my friend, are called. You're called by God. There is a gift on you. There's anointing on you. There is grace on you because God's got a purpose for your life. I wanna love, I'd love to help you discover that. See, the greatest, the, the highest thing you could do with your life, I believe the highest level, the ultimate purpose of your life is not to make money, it's not to build your career, it's not to get married, it's not to have a great job, it's not to buy a big house. The ultimate purpose of your life is to use your life to make someone else's life better. That's the ultimate purpose of your life. The ultimate purpose of your life is to discover that God has made you to make a difference in this world. It's not to make money. It's not to have career. It's to change someone else's life. That's why every billionaire in this world has a foundation. Because they get all the money in the world, then they go, that's not it. I need to do something that helps this world. See, that's the ultimate purpose of your life, is to use your life to bless somebody, to change somebody. And guess what? His, Stephen's willingness to step out from the crowd and step into his calling, well, it actually released others to run stronger in their calling. See, it's never isolated, friends. We're all connected. And when Stephen said yes to being a food distributor, what it did was it released the apostles and the disciples to fulfill the call of God on their life in greater measure and with greater fervor and with greater ability and, and greater freedom because they were released from all the little things that they were trying to handle. Someone else stepped into their holy calling and it released them into theirs. See, you, your, your willingness to step out from being just part of the crowd and step into what God has called you into will actually not just release you into your calling, but will release someone else into theirs too. See, the apostles could devote themselves to the preaching, the ministry of the word, to seeing souls saved, to see people discipled and equipped in the things of God. That was what their calling, and Stephen doing his part, helped them. See, I, I, got a little, I wanna show you this little illustration. Can my helpers come? Can my, my helpers, I need my helpers. These guys are amazing. You know when I, if you ever go to sit down for a meal at a restaurant, and uh, we don't do that much because we have children. And we don't want to ruin the experience for other diners, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and so like, we go to, I guess some of my boys, boys, we're going to go to a restaurant. And they're like, like McDonald's? I'm like, yes. The drive through <laughs> When you go to a restaurant and you sit down for a meal, you sit down and the waiter or the waitress, they bring you your meal on a plate and they, they lay it before you. And man, you just get to enjoy you enjoy that meal, man. It satisfies your hunger. It satisfies your stomach. It satisfies your senses. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And all, all, the only part you see in the whole picture is the waiter. That's all you see. The waiter brings you your food. The food lays before you, and you get to enjoy it. It satisfies you. But let me tell you, the, 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 the food didn't just get there because of the waiter. There's a whole lot of people involved in the process to get the meal before you. Before I can enjoy this that satisfies me, let me tell you, in the background, there was a chef. And that chef is cooking up a frenzy. That chef is working and sweating. That chef is cooking and chopping. That chef is frying, getting things ready. They're doing things with excellence to make sure when that food comes to me, it's hot, it's good, it's cooked well, it's all prepared and a beautiful thing. But before the chef was even there, you know what? There was a manager. 
There's a manager who opened the store, maybe the store owner, the store manager, and they're the one that's making sure the lights are on, the atmosphere's good, that the rosters are all set, that all the staff know where they should be, when they should be there, who's doing what, who's responsible for that. Without the manager, the chef couldn't do their job. The chef would be uh, without a job if it wasn't for the manager, and the manager makes sure that the whole environment, the whole experience is an enjoyable thing, because how many of you know an experience at a restaurant is more than just the food? It's the whole experience. It's the music, the atmosphere, the vibe, uh, what you walk into it creates a, 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 a room and an environment that can speak to you and help you and make you enjoy it a whole lot more. So the manager's super important. Let me tell you what, the manager couldn't do their job if it wasn't for the cleaner. See, like you can get an E in school, and that's a good thing. You get an E in the restaurant game, it's a bad thing, all right? You will get shut down with an E rating. If you cannot keep that place clean, the inspector's gonna come in and go, you cannot cook food because they're gonna get hepatitis. Right there, you, we don't wanna distribute that. We want them to be nourished and satisfied and good. We don't want them getting diseases, all right? So the clean is super important. They make sure that when you walk into the room, it's clean, it's sanitary, it's, it's, it's like it smells good, that the floors aren't sticky and gross and you're not walking in there going, what am I eating? Am I eating something? something I shouldn't be eating today. The cleaner makes sure the whole environment is really good. But before you even uh, get, get to the cleaner, you, you've got to have the, the, the food distribution person because the food just doesn't show up at the place where it needs to, the food just doesn't show up on the plate. The chef needs the food to be delivered. The, the food gets delivered because there is a food delivery person. And that person is the one that's driving in and bringing it to the place and making sure it's there where it's supposed to be and, and, and all those kinds of things. And, and then before the, f the, the food delivery person got there, you know what they had to be? They had to be a petrol station person because that car ain't gonna run by itself. It runs on fuel. Before that, that happened, before she even got the food, there was a farmer. And tell you what the farmer had to do, they had to grow the food. I don't know much about farming, but I know they grow stuff. The farmer's got to do their job and make the produce. And, and, but before the farmer could do what they had to do, there had to be someone providing the food, the feed for the, for the animals and the chickens and, and, and the seed for the ground. And so there was a, a, a farm food produce person. This is what I'm saying. They're, they're really important. See, see without, without every single one of these people in the chain, the meal cannot get delivered, friends. I would never enjoy the meal that was placed before me. I'd never receive the thing that satisfied me if it wasn't for any, every one of these people here. They're all ladies too. That's, the world would fall apart if it weren't for the ladies in this world. Let me just say that much for free. What are the men doing just sitting back watching? Eh? Like just doing what we do best. Letting them run it. Letting them run it. See, we believe the heart of God for every single person is that they would know Him. The heart of God for every person on planet earth is simply that they would know Him, that they would have a relationship with Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. God's attention, friends, is on the lost. That's, God, that's what consumes God's attention. He leaves the 99 saved to go after the one lost. That's His attention is focused on the lost. He rejoices in what we do. He rejoices in church. But let me tell you what, His attention is always to the lost. His heart is always to the lost. So guess where our heart needs to be? Our heart needs to be on what God's heart is. His heart is for the lost. And so friends, when we come to church and we gather in this place, you know what I am? That's all I am is the waiter. All I am is the waiter, and I might not be bringing a meal that'll satisfy your stomach, but I got something I can give you that will satisfy your very soul. It's something that will satisfy your heart. It was something to satisfy the deepest needs of, your, of humanity. It's the gospel of Jesus, and when I can present it to you, friends, it will give you water that will never run dry. It will give you food that you will never be hungry again. It will satisfy the very, come on, that's good news for somebody. It'll satisfy the very depths of who you are, the need you have. For the, 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 every need of the human heart is satisfied with the gospel of Jesus. 
You know, all I am here on a Sunday is the waiter. That's all I am. I'm just bringing a meal. But you know what? It took a whole lot of people in order for me to be able to bring this meal on a Sunday. See, I could never bring the meal. I could never do it unless there was an inviter, someone who put out the invitation to a friend and said, you need to come. I'd love for you to come to my church. Please come with me. I'll pick you up. I'll bring you here. The invitation started the process, and I could never deliver this to someone who needs it unless someone invited someone to get here. And I could never do it unless there was a great car park team. How many know we need a car park team? Someone who, if we don't have a car park team, you, let me tell you, you'll park everywhere and we'll fit half the cars in this car park. I'm telling you that right now, because you're all nuts. You're all, you're like, like, we all think we're, are you a good driver? Yes, you're probably not. Okay, let's just, it's just science. We need the car park people that can get you in here. Make sure you find a spot. They're the first Jesus anyone ever hears when they come into this church, smiling, loving, making the experience really nice for you. Then we're gonna have a worship team, man. We're gonna have a worship team that comes here. They start early. They get here. They make room for people. They praise and they worship God and they create an atmosphere where you can walk in here and you encounter the presence of God and something changes. My words mean nothing unless you encounter the Spirit of God and you come into the presence of God in this place. And then before that person, they can do what they do, we need the tech team because they get, There ain't no sound coming out if there ain't no tech team. And the tech team is making sure you can sing along and you can hear me, even though you wish you you didn't have to hear me all the time. But they make sure you can hear me along the way. And it's it's really important that they they do what they do. God bless them. We need the kids team. Because the kids team mean you parents can come here and you don't have to worry about your children. Amen. You can just come in here and you can be free to receive and open. You know your kids are loved and looked after and safe and cared for and making sure it's a good environment for them to be in. You can release them to go and be in there. we got to have a host team, a host team on the doors and, and they're helping you to your seats and they're the ones who are helping connect the connect cards at the end of the service so we can follow you up and help you take the steps with God that He's calling you to take and they're loving you in the guest lounge and making sure your experience is really, really warm and really open and really inviting and, and, and then before any of that we've got to have our prayer team that's behind the scenes before the service even starts who are interceding and praying and going to battle in the heavenlies to break down strongholds and walls that are stopping people from getting into this place to come to know Jesus. See, Every, if we didn't have all of them, I could never deliver the meal. I could never deliver the meal. Friends, can I tell you, if you're part of the dream team, every single soul that gets saved in this house is your win. It's because of you, not because of me. I'm just the waiter. I'm just the, I'm just the guy that doesn't know much, that brings along the meal and says, here, try this. But every single one of you, Whenever anyone gets saved, when anyone says yes to Jesus, it's because you do what you do. It's because you're a part of it. Can I tell you? Can we, oh, let's, let's just thank our team. Man. Let's invite all these amazing ladies. We're all connected. It's all part of the picture that God has for us. And I'll, I can give you a foolproof, 100% guaranteed way that you can fulfill the Great Commission with your life. 100% guaranteed a way that every single week you'll see people come to know Jesus. You know, you get these evangelists that come in and go, hey, how many of you led someone to the Lord in the last month? And we're like, oh, I feel so, like such a bad Christian. Like, I can give you a 100% guaranteed way that you can be a part of something that sees souls saved every week. You know what that is? Just join our dream team. You join the dream team, you're a part of the picture that's seeing lost people come to know Jesus. You're fulfilling the great commission. But even better than that, go to the growth track first. Discover your purpose and your gifts. And you can get in a team that aligns with that. You discover your purpose, you'll make a massive difference with your life. I love that Stephen stepped out from the crowd and became one of the called and fulfilled the purpose of God over his life. Next thought I have is this. The second thing I love about Stephen is that he was full of the Holy Spirit. It didn't matter that he was just a food distributor 
what they looked for in him was a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, if you're gonna step into the purpose of God, what he has made you for, if you're gonna step into that, you gotta be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not gonna be able to do it on your own and in your own power. Look, just because we're finished talking about a supernatural series doesn't mean we're done talking about the Holy Spirit. You gotta have, man, God doesn't only call you and send you, He also empowers you to do what He's called you to do. My wife and I are quite different. Um, and for the last week, I was away last week preaching at our Papakura campus, and I heard that she told some stories about me, which I'm not too happy about. She doesn't wait till I'm here. She waits till I'm not here. Pray for our marriage, church. <laughs> no, I'm preaching today, babe. It's my time, my time, my stories. You know, you know, the difference between Bex and I is that she gets full on drinks. Like, not like alcohol. She's not an alcoholic, by the way. She's, she doesn't even drink alcohol. <laughs> I mean, like, she'll drink a cup of tea and be full. Or, like, have a glass of Coke and be full. I'm like, babe, you want some food? She's like, no, I'm still full from that cup of tea. I'm like, I've never been full on drink. I don't know about you guys, I've never been full on drink. It's liquid, it just goes. Always room. Like I've never drunk a Coke and been like, oh, I'm so full. I have been full though before. Like you know when you go to the all-you-can-eat ribs place or you go somewhere and you eat so much food, like you know you're full, you're full full. Like to the point of if I eat one more bite, I'm gonna meet Jesus. Like I'm, I'm that full. You been that full before? Well, you're like, you're, you're that full that you're like, man, if I, if I eat one more bite, like I think I will die. I'm so full that the thought of eating another bit of food makes me wanna vomit. Like that, even just thinking about something else. You're so full that you're like, I could, I could not eat for three months and I think I'll be okay. You're that full. You're so full that you can't, there's no way you can fit something else inside of you. Can I tell you friends, if you're sick and tired, of things being in your life that take you away from the call of God, if you're sick and tired of things being in your life that take up space, that rob you of the fullness of what God has for your life, I wanna encourage you, be full of something else so there's no more room. Be full of something else so there's, so there's no more room. Be full of the Holy Spirit in your life. When you're full of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're no longer hungry for anything else. You're no longer, yeah, come on, my man. You know what's up. You're no longer full. For, you're no longer hungry for anything else. You're full of what all that what God has for your life. Number three, the love about Stephen is he pointed people to Jesus. He pointed people to Jesus in his in his speech that he unpacks in his Old Testament historical narrative that he goes on in front of the people that were accusing him. All he does in that whole speech is just a big setup. It's a setup to just to point people to Jesus. And I want to speak today just really quickly to our small group leaders and our small group people in this house. And we, we, I want to say straight off the bat, we love you. We honor you. You're amazing. You're the real pastors of this church. You're the people that are on the ground loving our people, discipling our people, helping them take steps that God's calling them to take. You're praying for them. Put your hands together if you're thankful for small group leaders in this house. Come on, you can do better than that. They're amazing. They really are. You're the ones that are holding this place together. We honor you so much. And I wanna tell you, we're not just a church with small groups. We are a church of small groups. If you think the Sunday is the full expression of your faith, you're missing out. God has got more for you. We're meant to do this thing together, this relationship together. There is freedom. There is life. There are steps that you can take in your journey of faith. And they only happen in the context of community with people. And I wanna encourage every one of you. We run these things. We call them free market groups. They run for like a term. And it's just free market, you can make 
You can make your group about anything you want. There's groups that are based around interests and, and ministries and, and hobbies and Bible studies. Like, it's anything and everything, anytime, anywhere, any day, anything. Like, it's just gathering people together and leaders that are helping people take steps. And you might be sitting here going, man, I've never been in a group. Go join one. You might be here going, man, I think I could lead a group, but I don't feel like I'm adequate enough or I've got enough and I don't really know all the answers. Here's what I want to say to you. If you're a small group leader, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know everything. Here's all you need to do. Point people to Jesus. Point people to Jesus. You don't have the answers, but guess what? He does. He like knows everything. Remember that part of God? Just point people towards Him. That's all you've got to do. Hey man, let's, let's take a step towards where you feel God calling you towards. Let me point you towards Him. There's a whole bunch of, these courses, there's Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind. It's a course that's running. Alpha is running. A Bible in Schools group is there. There's all kinds of groups, all kinds of small groups you can be a part of. I want to encourage you, get out there and do it and just keep pointing people to Jesus, small group leaders. My fourth thought is this. I love about, the thing I love about Stephen is that he was steadfast. And I want to just, just touch on this real quick and then move because all I want to say is this, Stephen, uh, in the face of drastic opposition, remained steadfast in the call of God over his life. He remained, he didn't move. He, in the face of false accusation and opposition and discouragement and like death threats, he was steadfast. He didn't move. He's like, I know who God is. I know what he's called me to and I ain't moving. Can I just say real quick, someone in this room, you're discouraged, you want to quit, you want to give up. You're facing opposition. It may even be false accusation. Maybe people saying all kinds of stuff about you, but you know who you are and you stand before God. You know your heart is right. Can I say this to you? You want to quit today, but don't. Be steadfast. Keep building his church. Keep building your faith. Keep seeking God. Keep doing what he's called you to do. Stay in the call of God. Don't abandon it. He'll see you through it, friend. My last thought is this. Maybe if the team can join me. The thing I love about Stephen was that he was forgiving. He was forgiving. See, he, um, he forgave those who hurt him and were still hurting him. Like, it's one thing to forgive someone who's hurt you. It's a whole other thing to forgive them in the midst of the hurt, while they're still hurting you. They're still throwing rocks at him. And he says, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. I forgive them of it. See, I really believe this. If you're gonna live what you're made for, if you're gonna live the, the call of God over your life and there is a call of God on your life, there's purpose to your life. If you're gonna live that, you'll never fully experience it if you hold unforgiveness. If bitterness and unforgiveness are in your heart, you'll never experience what Jesus called freedom, free indeed. It'll bind you, it'll poison you, it'll strangle you, it'll hold you. It'll destroy you. And Stephen, in this moment, in the midst of, while he's still being hurt by them, he forgives them. That's a word for somebody today. While you're still, while they're still hurting you, he forgave. I love that Stephen kind of echoes the cross in this moment. Remember Jesus on the cross? And as he's dying, he says, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. You know what, in other words, God, this might be what they are doing, but it's not who they are. Stephen's like, Lord, don't hold this against them. Why? Because he, he look at them and he's like, this might be what you're doing, but that's not who you are. It's not who you are. See, I, I choose to believe this. I believe that people aren't necessarily bad. The people that hurt you aren't necessarily bad. They're broken. People aren't bad. They're broken. 
And people hurt you because they're broken, not because they're bad. And when you can look past and see the brokenness, then you can forgive in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the hurt. This might be what you're doing, but it's not who you are. I wanna challenge every one of you to have a heart like Stephen. So this might be what you're doing to me, but I believe it's not who you are. I'm gonna forgive you and release that burden, release that debt so I can be free. Can I, can I tell you this exactly what Jesus did for you and I? Like Stephen echoes the heart of God in this moment where he says, this might be what you've done, but it's not who you are. You know, when Jesus went to that cross for you, for all your sin, for all your guilt, for all your shame, he went there knowing that your sin was not who you are. It might be what you did, might be what you do, but it's not who you are. Who you are is the one he died for. You are a child of God. You are created in the image of God. You're more than a conqueror, you're an overcomer. You're a child of God with purpose and destiny over your life. So your sin might be what you did, but it's not who you are. Who you are is defined by the one that made you. The one that made you is Almighty God. And I don't know your story, I don't know where you are today, but I believe with all my heart there is forgiveness for every one of you today. God loves you. He loves you more than you'll ever know. He loves you more than you think you deserve. He loves you. We all sin, we all do. It's the nature of who we are, we sin. Our sin, it separates us from God. But God in His grace, He didn't want that separation to stay. And He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself all that you or I would do, you and I would do for our sin. The penalty, the punishment, the payment, He, he paid it when He died. And then He conquered death in the grave and rose again on the third day. And He extends to every one of us here today, not judgment for your sin, not condemnation. He extends to you grace. If you could have paid the debt of sin on your own, you would have paid it, but he, you couldn't pay it. I couldn't pay it. He paid it for us. And when He paid that debt, He extends to all of us, not judgment, but grace. Forgiveness for all your wrongs, your past, your guilt, your shame forgiven. A brand new life. I mean a brand new life that starts right here, right now. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. He gets to work on the inside. And he, and he makes you new from the inside out. We try and do it the other way. We try and stop behaving a certain way because we think we shouldn't do that. Get, let God in. He'll make you new on the inside and just watch the old stuff fall away. And you get to walk into the plans that God has for you. The Bible says He's got plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I believe that God has got a life of purpose for you. He wants to use you to make a difference and live the highest calling you could ever live, making a difference in someone else's life. And you get a great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. He didn't just conquer death in the grave. He defeated the ultimate enemy of, the, the ultimate outcome of sin, which is death itself. You and I get to inherit this great promise of eternal life. Death no longer has a sting, no longer has a hold. This life is one part of the picture. It's a much larger canvas God is painting on. It's called eternity and He's preparing it for you. And I wanna extend that invitation. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you're here today and you're here for the first time in a long time, or maybe you're here and you're far from God, you, you've known Him before, but you're far from Him, I wanna extend an invitation for you to come to know Him and discover the life you were made for. Discover the life that He created you to, to live. And I wanna invite everyone in this room just to take a moment to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you're here today 
and you're saying, Steve, that's me. I want to know Jesus. I want to know him. I want to know him. This is the only reason you came to church today. You didn't come to hear someone preach. You didn't come to sing songs. You came because you knew you heard that God loved you. And there was something about this place that drew you in. It's because God was calling you to be here. And I know you're here today for one reason and one reason only, and that's to get your life right with God. Maybe you're here today and you're far from him. You've never prayed this prayer. You need to get back with God or you need to get right with Him for the very first time. I want to invite you to pray a prayer of surrender with me. This is inviting Jesus to come in and be the Lord of your life. If you're here today and you want to pray that, you can pray it with me. You pray it in your heart. I'll pray it out loud for you. But you join with me. You pray it in your heart. When you pray it in your heart, you mean it with everything you've got. Are you ready? Just say these words. Say, God, today I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned and I've messed up, but I believe that Jesus, you died for me. So right now I turn from my old life. I'm done with it. And I turn to you. I turn to the life you have for me. I thank you for forgiving me of all my wrongs. I receive your grace. And I ask you to come and be the Lord of my life. Take control. I choose from this moment to live for you in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed. If you prayed that prayer today, for the very first time you're coming back to God, I want to say one thing. I'm so proud of you. I think this is the most wonderful and amazing decision you could ever make with your life. This is the day that will define the rest of your life forever. And I, I want to encourage you to do one more little thing. I want, to take, I want you to take one little step of faith, one small one. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want you to be really bold and really brave right where you are. And when I get to three, I want you to put your hand up nice and high. I'm not doing that to embarrass you or stand you up or anything like that. What I will do is I will see your hand. I'll acknowledge you and you can put your hand straight back down. It's one little step of faith. Are you ready? On the count of three, be bold, be brave. One, two, three. Hands up nice and high right now. You're saying yes. Yeah, my man, right down the back, right here on the front. Yes, over the back there too. To my left, I see you too, my man. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. You're on the mezzanine. I see you, man. That's incredible. Anyone else saying, Steve, count me in, count me in. You just put your hand up nice and high right now. I'll see it. You can put it straight back down. Awesome. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing here today. God, I bless all those who've responded to your call and to your voice. Lord, we ask that that new life you promised them would flood their spirit, soul, mind, and body right now. Lord, we give you all honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. You better put your hands together for all those people that said yes to Jesus. Just in the last